0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Minds on Mental Health podcast. My name's Andy Dean, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And today's the second part of my conversation with Christy Champion, who is a licensed professional counselor and clinical manager at Penn Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health's Child and Adolescent Program in Hamilton, New Jersey. Christy is also a perinatal mental health counselor in a private practice. And if you haven't listened to the podcast I posted last week with Christy yet, I really want to encourage you to do that before diving into this one. Because this is really a continuation of that conversation that she and I had about managing guilt you may have as a parent. Although, in this one, we also talk about what role social media plays in that.
1: In this time, we we need to take small victories. Mm -hmm. You know, especially, and I think about parents of teens. It, we can sometimes feel like those broken records cleaning up after like how many times do I have to tell you to put your laundry in the basket, do your own laundry, do, uh, you know, stop, you know, stop being on your phone, stop going on TikTok after like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, and we can feel like that same burnout as far as I keep saying the same thing. I keep saying the same thing and nothing's mm-hmm. changing. Mm-hmm. Refocusing on my efforts.
0: I like before how you sort of brought it back when I was making that comparison between the depression and our minds telling us that we're too tired to do anything. And right now where like, like, for example, for, for me, it's like my wife and I, nine 30 to 10 30 at night, we have an hour of time and that like, we like covet that now because that's (laughs) the only time where we get to relax or do anything other than work or take care of the kids. And I said, if during that time, I was just to say, hey, I'm too tired to do anything, so I'm not going to do anything, then I'll never feel like I'm getting any kind of novelty. I'll never feel like I'm getting anything different, anything fun. But you also said sometimes you are going to be so too tired. Like you just said right now, you were up at 4.30 this morning. Hell yeah, I might just want to watch TV for that hour because you're exhausted. Um, So again, I think we're kind of back to this idea of like balance, right? Like It's like finding the balance between like knowing that you're going to be tired and you should push yourself to still get some kind of novelty or do something that's going to make you feel like you had some other kind of experience during the day.
1: Yeah, I think balance is absolutely the key right now because it's like we talked about before, it's impossible to be 100% good to go in every single one of the roles that we're placed in right now. And that is Mm -hmm. not the expectation that we want to hold ourselves to because it's only going to make us feel as though we're failing Mm -hmm. Um, because we're giving ourselves an impossible task. So how do I balance? How do I, you know, I I remember when we first went into quarantine, there were so many of those like memes and Instagram Mm -hmm. stories about like, if you don't, if you don't come out of this quarantine 20 pounds lighter and with a side hustle then you're doing it wrong and then the pushback of course was no it means that you're human and that's like no it means that like whatever right now it's about accepting that we are doing our best no matter what that is if you're coming out of this quarantine like 20 pounds heavier 20 pounds lighter it's do i feel like i've honestly that I'm honestly taking care of myself the best way possible because that really transcends all the roles. Am I always going to be the most effective full-time employee right now while I'm home with my son and I'm, I'm balancing so many other roles? No, I, I might not be. Am I always gonna be the most effective mother? Mm-hmm. Probably not as well. And it comes back to how do I balance both of those roles and me also taking care of myself as a human. To your point before about like making sure that I experience novel things, in DBT we call that building, we call that accumulating positive life experiences. Am I building in or giving myself the opportunity to have those positive moments that might feel different from my normal day to day? And this is where not to be overly structured about it, but this is where I often encourage folks to make a weekly schedule. And of course, it sounds like, okay, so you're giving me a task yeah. <laughs> that will actually produce work. However, it's one of those <laughs> strategies where you do a little work up front, it makes the rest of the week easier because mm-hmm. you don't have to then think about it again. It's kind of like if you meal plan for a half an hour one day, you don't spend a half an hour every day going, what the heck do we eat? Yeah, yeah. So I like to try to. Mm-hmm put something, um, put some type of wellness thing on the calendar for every day of the week. Mm-hmm. So let's say Monday is my gratitude day. So I'm not gonna try to worry about, well, the experts say that I should go for a jog or I should do yoga or I should do X, Y, and Z. Nope, Monday is gratitude day. So mm-hmm. before I go to bed, I'm gonna think about three things I'm grateful for. And then I'm done and I feel accomplished. I've done something good for myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe Tuesday is the day that like I, I watch an old movie that just like makes me feel good. So, in your case, what movie would that be? Oh, my my feel-good nostalgic movie?
0: Whatever, your mac and cheese version of a movie.
1: Oh, oh, 100% The Wedding Singer. (laughs) Nice. Watch The Wedding Singer on Mm. Tuesday nights. Watch an Adam Sandler movie every Tuesday (laughs) night. Probably by the time we get to Jack and Jill... um, we, we should probably stop. Yeah. Um, or I would prefer if we stopped. Uh-huh. There we go. Uh-huh. Using prefer language of preference. There you go. Wednesdays. Maybe I use Wednesday to actually be my do some task day. So I'm going to take on one nagging chore around the house. That's just really bothered me mm-hmm. on Wednesdays mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And again, like putting in that effort to save ourselves the stress later and, and and so on like that, and kind of building in something every day and just making it part of the routine that mm-hmm. you take care of yourself is part of the routine. I know for a lot of folks, again, it seems like, yep, every day is the same. And, you know, it's a cleo-cleo saying, like we all kind of say it casually, and it's something that's actually not true and makes us feel kind of defeated. So when we are telling folks that, yep, every day is the same, the more we kind of say that, the more that feels true and it really uh, devalues how many special moments we do have in every day that are different. So I really do like ending the day as, as an example with um, thinking about three positive moments from the day or, or something that really stood out and made you smile that day. Um, and that being kind of the last thing we think about before we go to bed at night, rather than here are the 20 things I have to do tomorrow morning right when I get up.
0: One of the other things that I've heard you mention during this podcast a couple of times is social media. You were talking about the funny memes that you've seen and so on. What do you kind of see as the role of social media in relation to parenting?
1: Yeah, I feel like not even just in the pandemic, but in general, social media has become like a main resource for parents in a lot of ways. I know that like a lot of parent groups um, have formed on, are, are formed on Facebook, as well as like a lot of like parent influencers and like tips and everything on Instagram. I think the way it's really evolved with the pandemic, for better or for worse, is that without a lot of physical supports in place or supports that we can actually go to see physically, Mm -hmm. folks are relying more on social media and virtual kind of supports. Likewise, I think we're also doing a lot of comparison mm-hmm. based on what we see on social media, because we're not really out going out and doing things as often as we would. So I know for at least I can speak for myself that a lot of times when my son goes to sleep, I just I get on Instagram and I start scrolling. Mm-hmm. And I did recognize when I first had him, I did a lot of scrolling of other moms. And I often thought to myself, like, why aren't I doing what they're doing? Yeah. Or You know, why is everybody else's baby sleeping but mine? And Mm -hmm. I think every parent who has a kid who doesn't sleep has an exact thought. Why is every baby in the world sleeping but mine? This is something that everybody who uses social media struggles with to some regard, as far as we see these curated pictures of somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. And, And their pictures are very intentional. And there's a purpose to the way they look. And often we're wondering why our life doesn't look like this curated picture. And it's not a fair assessment or it's not it's not a one to one assessment. Mm-hmm. And I even use myself as an example. Oftentimes, I have some great pictures of my son and there's great pictures of us hanging outside and playing at the water table and him like sharing snacks with the dog. Mm-hmm. And it's adorable. And that is not how my life is the majority of the time. Right. Yeah, I think that social media can often be really dangerous for parents who then feel as though they're not keeping up or they're not doing a good enough job based on how other people look. That could be how, how my family and friends are doing. So maybe I'm noticing that like, oh, all my friends are like learning new hobbies and mm-hmm. and going on like road trips and having a great time during the pandemic. And I'm here like Andy doing the dishes every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that makes us not feel great. Yeah. Likewise, maybe it's even seeing other parents that we know or parents that we don't know, like doing Montessori activities with their child and like having a great relationship with their teenager. And maybe we don't have that same thing at this moment, or maybe we don't feel like we do. And those things being reminders that we're not doing a good enough job. So I really usually encourage folks, because I think at this age, it's really unrealistic for some of us to totally give up on social media, mm-hmm. or the expectation is to, to get rid of it, delete it off your phone. And there's a lot of good on the internet as well, or in social media as well. Mm-hmm. So I really try to encourage folks, the, like the great thing, especially with Instagram, because that's what I'm kind of most comfortable using. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that you can have multiple accounts. So I have my personal account where I follow my friends and my family and my favorite NFL players. Uh-huh. Um, I like to see what they do during the offseason so I know how I'm going to draft them for the next fantasy season.
0: Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that.
1: <laughs> and then I have a separate account for, like, my, I call it my mommy empowerment account, mm-hmm. um, where I actually just follow a bunch of people that show realistic things about motherhood or realistic tips about how to better keep myself well as a mom, mm-hmm. and especially as a working mom. That way, I'm not looking at a bunch of accounts that necessarily mm-hmm. make me feel as though I'm not doing enough, but really validate the fact that I'm perfect in my imperfection right now. I'm doing exactly what I need to do because I'm focused on doing the best I can.
0: Yeah. I love that idea. I I think this is the first time I've ever heard that idea before, but to have two separate accounts and to have one that's like your personal account for your family and friends, and then one that's sort of like your—I don't remember what you call it—like a mommy, mommy. Whatever.
1: What did you call uh, it? I call it. So I, I would I encourage people to create a parent empowerment profile, if you will, okay.
0: All right. which is more like a realistic view of how real life is when you're a parent. I guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I've never done this before, but I would imagine that it sort of scratches that social media itch for you in a way, but then maybe you're not feeling that you're doing all of that comparing when you're done looking at that parent empowerment profile. Is that exactly?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Not only does it scratch the itch, but it helps people feel less alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the joys or that's one of the benefits of social media is that it links people together that might not have kept in touch originally or it allows us to see how other people are living and focusing on pages that empower us as parents or make us feel less alone is, is, um, I I lost it. Sorry. My kid just flipped his tray. Um, (laughs) You
0: can hear my son crying in the background. So yeah,
1: this is, this is the witching hour. Um,
0: (laughs) It's actually very apropos for what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. So, you know, not only does it scratch the itch of the scroll, it also allows us to feel connected with other parents who are going through the same thing, mm-hmm. which is the real one of the real purposes, I feel like, behind social media is that we are connected and staying connected with the people we know and seeing how other people live. That's been really helpful, at least for me. I know during the quarantine, I'm not seeing as many of my my parent friends in person. Mm-hmm. And it's really helpful for me to kind of see how other people are doing in a realistic way and and not to say that people that post happy pictures are then fake and I don't want to see that but just remembering that every picture is curated every picture is purposeful Mm -hmm. no matter what the intent behind it is it is not a snapshot of a person's entire life it is just a glimpse of a moment I, I love I there's this one account that I follow that shows these like beautifully um curated and not not photoshopped but um well, well lit pictures mm-hmm. of, of happy children and happy households. And then the second picture is, is the the pan out. If you look, oh, um, the, the rest of the background is like, you know, and this picture took eight hours because this is the room that they destroyed beforehand. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, here, here's my kid being adorable and helping me bake cookies. And here's the stack of dishes next to us. Mm-hmm. Um, behind every good picture is an equally substantial mess right. when, we, yeah, when yeah, it comes yeah. to having kids.
0: Yeah, it's so true. One of the things that I'm, I think, aware of, and I could be wrong about this, but I just feel like you said you were becoming very aware of the fact that you were doing a lot of comparing when you were going on Instagram. I don't necessarily know that it's really conscious for everyone. Like, I think it's great that you had that awareness that you were doing that. But I think a lot of times people will kind of just scroll through and not really have any kind of awareness that they may be doing that. That's why I think social media sometimes can be a little insidious. It's like you may not realize that it's making you feel bad because you may not consciously be thinking about how you're comparing yourself to these these pictures that people are putting up or these other experiences that they're having. So I don't know. I just want to throw that out there, I guess. You know, it's great that you were very conscious of it, but I think sometimes for many people, it's not necessarily a conscious thing.
1: So it's a very fine line because – one post that is designed to maybe make us feel more prepared or like, mm-hmm. okay, here are like top ten things you can do to promote your your toddler talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that sounds great. Like I want to follow that because I, I he's not talking very much. Like I want to encourage this. Mm-hmm. And underneath that might be a feeling of i'm not doing a good enough job because he's not talking it is my fault i need to do more so that's why it's it's really important to be mindful of our emotions Uh, one thing i usually encourage folks to do is after give yourself 10 minutes 15 minutes to scroll put a timer on the microwave and stop yourself after that 10 or 15 minutes and ask yourself if you truly feel more invigorated like wow i can't wait to make my son a busy board or wow i can't wait to take my teenager like for driving lessons mm-hmm. or do you feel tired if you feel tired it's it's usually a sign that in some way what you saw deflated you and made you feel maybe less than or actually do you feel anxious is your heart rate quickened by the 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 10 minutes of what you saw because now maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by the amount of information mm-hmm. so it's always good to like almost do Uh, a diagnostic test after 10-15 minutes, am I feeling better, worse? Mm -hmm. Uh, What was that experience like? And then if that's the case, really working on creating a separate profile to fill at least one, that way you have a feed that you know is actually going to help improve your mood. Mm -hmm. Hey, baby. Sorry. (laughs) You just started crying. Um, Baby, you need to improve your mood?
0: (laughs) We're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. Don't even worry about it. Don't even. (laughs) Don't even (laughs) worry about it.
1: That's why I think it's really important that if we find social media important to us and we want to, for it to have a role in our life to also make sure that we have some people that we follow or even or even that separate profile to make sure that we're encouraging both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not just folks who are out there doing a better job than me. There's also people out there who are also struggling um, that are also looking for help and not every day is, is perfect um and that's the message we really need to remind ourselves of often
0: yeah no that's great and like i said i love that tip i'm also mindful of the fact that it sounds like your son is telling you that it's time to go now <laughs>
1: he is he is He's...
0: <laughs> so that's probably the most appropriate way to end this podcast considering what we're talking about so christy i'm gonna let you go thank you so much for talking to me about this and um i'll see you soon
1: yes thank you so much andy
0: Parent parent Empowerment Profile, Parent Empowerment Profile, Parent Empowerment Profile. I'm still having a hard time saying that. All right. Next week, I'll be posting a new podcast where we talk about specific skills you can teach your child if they're having a really hard time regulating their emotions. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you next week.